Hi everyone. I don't know what to make of Mr. Doe's newest recording. I started this because I wanted to help him, but now I'm not so sure if that was wise. I realize I shouldn't be the one making those decisions. I've contacted the police and they are aware of the situation. If anyone saw something or knows something, please email me or call the authorities. If you're just joining us, I don't know what to say except start from the beginning. This isn't your typical podcast. My name is Lily McHale. I was volunteering in the psych unit at Jefferson when I met a patient there named Mr. Doe, which isn't his real name because he doesn't remember it. I can't say I really understand what's going on, but I wanted to help. He was kind and smart and seemed like he wasn't getting the help he needed, and I thought someone out there might be able to help him. I set this up so he can connect with the world. His recordings automatically upload to my Dropbox, and then I add music and make it sound like a real podcast. And while I'm really excited, the point is that he needs help. His memory is messed up, and someone out there knows him. If you know anything that could help, please email me at lilymikhail at gmail.com. Hi. It's been a draining couple of days and I just thought I needed to check in. I can't say I have anything exciting to share. I just needed to talk to you. To know you're there. Maybe even to know what you think. I'm really struggling today. More and more I feel like I just want to disappear. Like this is still just a bad dream and I somehow, if I can just figure out how, I can just wake up. But I can't. I don't. I find myself craving the darkness. The nighttime, its silence and stillness, brings me peace. When the clock hits two or three in the morning, I feel like I can breathe. I seem to be more and more intolerant of the daytime. Not the sun, but the people. There's always so many people everywhere. It's the emptiness of night, the exclusivity of the empty streets, and and just knowing that in a handful of hours the ants will return, marching in droves, scurrying along the sidewalks like they do. I feel like an outsider, like I don't fit in, but the alternative to actually fit in makes my skin crawl. 
the clothes, the shoes, the cell phones, the cars, the jewelry, the selfies, the credit cards, the headlines, the billboards, the lights, the noise, the smell. I hate it all. But I don't blame them. Not fully. Theirs is a well-designed ignorance. Their counterfeit priorities. We're but puppets playing on a stage of manipulations and false idols that never ends. The constant reminders always working us over, convincing us that we are deficient. And to fill that void, to make us whole, the newest, the best, the shiniest. And we grow weary each day, beat down by the incessant drudgery of it all. Beat down from a war we don't know we're at war in. We relax when we're done. Relax and indulge, settling into their media like a warm bath of sweet, honey-smelling, poisonous nectar of inadequacy. And round and round it goes. I wasn't here. I wasn't in the middle of all this. Drowning in a sea of self-identity dissolving media. Drunk on consumerist soma where we've been taught to sell each other out in narcissistic ignorance to the fact that we were born into a hopeless crusade against our own neighbors and families where the victors return to their thrones as melancholy fools, self-medicating with television and booze, prescription drugs and internet pornography, where no price is too high, no action too deplorable, if it's in the name of individual gain. I couldn't be here. I, I wasn't. There's more, out there, somewhere, hidden amongst this backdrop. Memory or not, there has to be. How did I get back here? I can't be back here. Not here, here. Not when I've seen what I've seen. Tasted what I've tasted, whatever that was. The pieces are still broken, but I remember feeling it. Massive unadulterated awe and elation, the kind that comes up and blooms from deep down inside of you, from this place where it was delicately planted back when you were just a child, long before the world buried you in inadequacy. I thought it was dead, like any seedling under a meter of rotting earth, but it wasn't. It isn't. Not in me, not in you or Alex or Hazel. There's a resilience to our hope, our joy, our depth that's undying. But it takes effort and intention to compel it to blossom. That's why I'm so impatient and restless and frustrated and lost. 
Some days are better than others. I'll let you guess which today is. I know I said I might need your help, but I couldn't wait. I know you had your doubts. I know Alex did too. You were hesitant, cautious, and I understand, but I needed answers, and Hazel was the best option I had. But because of my impatience, I'm... Ugh, I'm sorry. I should have listened. We visited again. To try again within the rules, but the nurses were never more than a few feet away. Always present, always listening, and I wouldn't dare ask anything of importance within their prying ears. Alex acknowledged that it was odd, but she still wouldn't agree to freeing her, or seeing it as anything other than kidnapping. We discussed other strategies. Like we could try talking with doctors or lawyers or something like that, but I know of the Eidolon's influence. I know they wouldn't let anything happen that they didn't want to. And it could have put Hazel at even more risk. So I decided to move forward without you or Alex. At first, I just tried going in more frequently and just sitting with Hazel. Reading to her, watching TV with her, even just staring out of the window with her. The ruse of the benign friend, right? She barely said a word, ever. Mumbled a couple times, but I never made it out, and the nurse always swooped in. Mostly, Hazel just stared. At the floor, out the window, at the TV... She was nearly comatose. I stole her dose of meds one day. I brought them home and I googled them. It was the same shit that was in my, or Nick Queen's, apartment. Massive doses for her size. Pills to pacify the restless mind. Pills to silence a kid. Where were her parents? I never saw signs of anyone else coming to see her. And it reminded me too much of myself and how frightened and miserable I was. After several days of this, it had strengthened my resolve. I had to get her out of there. They had her locked in a prison of her own mind, all because they thought she might remember something, just like they did to me. My plan was simple and elegant. And so, I took her. I had prepared for the worst, but my perfectly timed, meticulous plan worked so well that we disappeared without incident. Without so much as a notice. It was peculiar, in fact, that there was so little consequence. Facets of the plan weren't even needed. I mean, I'm not complaining. I, I just thought there'd be more... Whatever. It doesn't matter. The rest of the afternoon was uneventful other than my surge of adrenaline. Nervousness and paranoia and anticipation, but Hazel was still drugged. 
By the time Alex got home, Hazel had missed her morning and afternoon doses, but I knew I would have to be patient, as I had learned that many of those types of drugs took a long time to wash out of your system, possibly days, so i just have to wait. And I did. And slowly, she became a person again. But therein lies the rub. To say Alex was not happy to come home and find Hazel is a bit of an understatement. I'd put her in an impossible position, I get that, but what was I supposed to do? Bring Hazel back to Nick Queen's Eidolon Friendly apartment, or take her back to the abandoned apartment over the bagel shop? She was in a wheelchair, and the only place I knew with an elevator was Alex's place. I've never seen Alex so upset before. I thought she might actually call the police. She made good points. I had made her an accessory to a kidnapping, but just as she was probably about to kick me out, Hazel saved me. She had been napping on the sofa when Alex came home, but she had woken up and she spoke, asked for some food. It was remarkable. If not for all the times I saw her in the home, you would have guessed Hazel was just a normal kid. We made her a sandwich, kind of dumbfounded, but just kind of going along with it. And she was clearly still in a fog, but it gave us so much hope. We tried to explain to her that she wasn't in danger, that we were friends and we were going to help her, but she seemed completely and totally indifferent. She pointed at the TV with a mouthful of sandwich, so we turned it on. She watched for about 15 minutes, took another couple bites of sandwich, and then laid down and fell asleep on the sofa for the night. I don't know how old she is. Seven, eight, nine? Look, I may not know kids, but a normal kid would freak out, right? To be taken from your home like that? I don't know. I thought maybe it just hadn't hit her. Yet. That night I slept on the floor of the living room near her. I woke up around 5am. She was just staring at me. It made me jump. Kind of freaked me out. All she said was, I know you. Like it was more of a question. I was so excited. I couldn't help myself. There was so much I wanted to ask her, to talk about as soon as she was ready. It was invigorating, and even though it was five in the morning, it was the moment I had been waiting for, but she just stared back at me, cocked her head to the side like a bird, and, and she laid back down and went back to sleep. The next morning, she was so much better. Alex called off work because she didn't want to miss anything, and Hazel talked to us, coherently, intelligently, mostly in between bites of cereal with milk pouring out the sides of her mouth as she tried to speak, but... She's a sweet girl. Nice, smart, even kind of funny sometimes. She's really timid, but that's no surprise with what she's been through. We asked her if she knew where she had been, if she knew who she was and why she was in the home. We asked her about her parents or if she remembered anything. But we had no luck. Her memory's more shit than mine. She could barely remember anything. 
ever. She didn't know her name or where her parents were or how she got to the home where we found her. She thought she remembered me, but when I pressed her on it, she couldn't put it on a timeline. When we told her her name, she said it sounded right. She had a hospital ID bracelet on. We asked her about the park, and she said she thought she might remember being in a park. She said she had run off that day and ended up in the park. And when she was there, she had fallen and hit her head. The doctors told her the amnesia wasn't a big surprise. Memories are a fickle thing, though. So easily gullible and malleable. She easily could have been fed that story and just told her that that's what happened when she remembered it that way. It seems odd that that's the one memory she seems to have. I can't help but think she was spoon-fed the story, just like they tried with me. The saddest part was when it became clear what we were dealing with. I lost my memories in the park, but since then I've been able to build from that moment, to some extent. New memories moving forward and trying to reassemble the old ones, you know? Meanwhile, she's been on all these drugs since it, the blast or whatever, happened in the park. Maybe even before that. It's been months of these drug cocktails and being locked up in that place. It's gonna take time. She knows something, or knew something. I can feel it. After a day or so in the apartment, we weren't getting anywhere, and Alex suggested we take her out, get some fresh air, that kind of thing. I was nervous at first, what with it sort of being a kidnapping. Okay, with it absolutely being a kidnapping, but we scoured the news. On the TV, the internet, there's nothing about a kidnapped kid from a mental health home or an institution of any kind. Sound familiar? We didn't go far. There's a little cafe down the block from Alex's place where you can sit outside. And you know... Alex was right. Hazel did just need the fresh air. I mean, I think we all did, honestly. It's amazing what a little fresh air can do. Not to mention that she hadn't felt freedom for months, maybe more. To see the world and feel that freedom, to breathe in the fresh emancipation of her inner mind. With a cheeseburger and a milkshake, she became the chattiest we've seen her so far. Not that I'd ever actually call her chatty. And for as happy as that makes me, it doesn't offset my disappointment. You see, even with all this newfound clarity, sobriety, and chattiness, Hazel doesn't seem to have any answers for me. What am I missing? Did I really just kidnap a sick kid? I mean, sure, she's doing better, but is this some temporary phenomenon? Good days, bad days, that kind of thing? You know, brought on by all the new excitement and changes? Am I so wrapped up in my own interests that I'm not thinking clearly? I mean, what if I really am putting her in danger? Taking her away from medications she actually needs? Jesus. Have I really lost it this time? In the days since I abducted Hazel... Alex and I seem to have somehow switched opinions. We're less than a week in and she's 
happy that we rescued Hazel. She thinks we saved her. Meanwhile, I'm the one left doubting what we did, what I did. Wondering if I've put her in danger and made a big mistake. They get along really well. Alex and Hazel. She has great patience with Hazel and Hazel lights up around Alex. Well, as much as Hazel lights up. She's a pretty reserved kid. In fact, Hazel seems to get along well with lots of people now that I think about it. The waitress at the cafe, the guy walking his dogs that stopped at Hazel's feet. Everyone that interacts with her leaves smiling and happy. People are drawn to her like a magnet. I've been sitting outside that cafe for weeks and I don't think I've had one conversation with a stranger, but Hazel, for all her shyness, ends up talking with nearly everyone that walks by. And despite her social awkwardness and withdrawn, quiet demeanor, everyone leaves with this big smile on their face. I'll admit, I, I feel it a bit too. She's a good kid. I guess I should just be happy that we helped her, regardless of how little that's helping me put my memories back in order. It can't be just a coincidence, though, that Hazel is 42935. You know, that's one of the numbers burned into my brain since the beginning. That's how we found her. It, it keeps coming up. What are the chances that it means something else? I wonder if... Why didn't I think of this sooner? Let's see if she's... Well, look. She's here. In the archive. I can't believe I didn't think to check this earlier. Her file is in the expired folder. 42935. Hazel. Rejected. Too dangerous. Too dangerous? What? That can't be right. That doesn't make any sense. She's about as dangerous as a pigeon. Why isn't there more here? The other folders have so much information. Shit, 5455426, Jillian's file? That had hundreds of documents. Huh. Hazel's has nothing. It's just this one page. No explanation, no anything. That's odd, even for this weird-ass directory. You don't think she's dangerous, right? No, that's stupid. What am I missing? I mean, she's such a sweet kid. A little off, sure, but who wouldn't be? Maybe that's why... No, I don't think so. It's just crazy. I am not going to let my imagination run wild with things like I always do. Where is she, anyway? All right. She and Alex went to grab some food. Wait, so she's with Alex. Alone with Alex. No. Come on. She's just a little girl. She's not dangerous, right? How could she even be dangerous? I know she was in the home, but... Oh, why else would it say that in the archive, though? Fuck. Alright, I, I gotta go.
that's all he recorded. I never know when he's going to record again, but I set it up so you can subscribe to get it whenever he does. In the meantime, I want to help get the word out for Mr. Doe as much as possible, so I'm on all the normal social media channels. Please help us spread the word on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram with the hashtag Unerasable. He's got friends and family out there somewhere, and with all of us working together, we've got to be able to help him. Also, I'm actually spending a lot of time matching the music and doing these little intros and stuff, so I'd love to hear what you think. If you feel inspired to write a review, that'd be really great. It may not exactly help Mr. Doe, but it'll keep me inspired. I'm trying my best to make it sound like a real podcast and keep everybody interested. And as always, if you know anything that might help, email me at lilymikhail at gmail.com. Or you can go to the website now too at unerasable.com. Thanks, and see you next time.